Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along as we get into the Word of God, talk about it, and apply it to our lives. I've got a question. Is it ever wrong to tell someone the wrong? I was on campus this week and had a great time, although nearly stirred up a riot with some of the uh, response down there at Columbus State University, Columbus State College. And one of the things people get so upset about is to be told that their beliefs are not right. Now, that's a tough thing because as Christians, we're called to convert people. And of course, we want to be gracious, kind, we want to be straightforward, we, want, we don't want to cause unnecessary conflict, and yet the Bible calls us to tell people that they need to convert, they need to believe differently, they need to stop trusting in themselves and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Indeed, in our day and age, we have some strong idols, and the strong idol is myself, my own beliefs, my own ideas. They're the sovereign, and to be challenged can be very, very difficult for some people. But I'd like to explore this question a little bit, because um, one one, uh, girl in particular wanted to be on my TikTok and wanted to express herself and say that uh, it's wrong. She didn't mind me saying what I believe, but it's wrong to say others are wrong. Where's this come from? If you were, you know, for years we have decried the lack of moral absolutes in our schools and that our culture has lost a sense of there being moral absolutes that are taught and taught authoritatively, right? Children are left up to make the left to make up their own decisions, their own morality, come up with what how they want to live, what's right for them, all of these things. And we're told there are no moral absolutes, but that's wrong. There is a moral absolute that's being taught in our schools. It's being taught in our culture. There is a moral absolute, and it's being promoted quite strongly and quite authoritatively. And that one moral absolute is this. You shall not judge. Don't judge. Don't make moral judgments of others. Respect everyone. Respect every belief. Don't dare say someone is wrong, because that requires you to make a judgment. I've even been told on numerous times that the primary message of Christianity is do not judge. You and I thought the primary message of Christianity was God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. That that's the primary message. That's the good news. That's the gospel. But there is a belief that comes not only from our schools, but also from some from many of the liberal churches that have departed the faith that focus on this one verse, Matthew 7, verse 1, where Jesus said, do not judge lest you be judged. Now, he did say that. And of course, we don't want to be judgmental people. We don't want to go around constantly finding fault with other people. But I don't think what Jesus was saying there meant what some people understand it to mean, that you can do anything you want. And of course, others would argue that Jesus would say, well, the Bible said, well, God gave us free will. That means we can do whatever we want, and no one is supposed to judge us for it. Indeed, you've maybe heard me say before, and I write about it in my book, uh, Taken to the Turf, how often I have heard people contend that we can't even judge Hitler. I'll ask him, was Adolf Hitler a bad person? And, and almost always, 
I hear people say, well, I can't judge him. I've hardly ever heard a student on campus in discussing moral relatives and moral absolutes, and I ask, was Hitler a bad person? I don't know that I've ever had a student tell me, yes, he was, he was evil. What's going on here? There is this standard that it's wrong to judge, and then, of course, the self-refuting statement, it's wrong to say someone is wrong, or for someone to look at me and say, hey, Tom, it's wrong for you to tell us you're wrong. Well, obviously, their statement is refuting itself because they're telling me I'm wrong to say it's wrong. You see what I'm saying? Well, as Christians, we have a problem. The problem is we live in a culture now where the one compelling moral absolute because he, because God has been dethroned and the absolute sovereign now is the each individual. And so each individual person's truth is truth to them. And indeed, teachers tell me this. I've had professors tell me how frustrated they are because they're not allowed to, they've got to be so careful how they correct students anymore. Even marking their papers wrong can get them in trouble. And that their one professor says that they're required to look at their students as customers now instead of as students and to be pleasing them and to provide them good customer service. Because if they get bad reviews and every student gets reviewed, every professor gets reviewed online now, well, they can be reprimanded for that. It's become big business on the college campus. And the, and the, the primary goal of educating and teaching truth is often lost in terms of keeping your customers happy and celebrating diversity and inclusion. What's the Bible say to us when we think about this idea of exclusivity? Now, let's be clear. Christianity is open to all people. We want all people to be saved. We looked at this just a week or so ago in in, uh, 2 Peter, that God desires all people to be saved. He's patient. He's waiting while more and more people are coming. And he wants people of every ethnicity, every skin color, every language, every tribe, every religious background or no religious background, whatever. He wants to save people from everywhere. But remember, while God's love is unconditional, God has love and benevolent desires to bless all human beings. Yet his forgiveness is conditional. Notice the difference. His love is unconditional, but his forgiveness is conditional. You've got to meet certain requirements to be forgiven by God. And those requirements, what are they? Let's look at the exclusivity of them. Jesus said to them, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The statement, my friend, is exclusive. While everyone is welcome, yet those who do not come to Jesus Christ are not saved. And they, and they must come to Jesus Christ if they want to be saved. If they believe there's another way of salvation besides Jesus Christ, if they believe they can be good enough on their own, if they believe their religion will save them or another religion will save them or just meditation will save them or just if they believe they are their own judge and there is not a God who will judge them, they're lost. They're lost. Look at what 
Paul writes in 1 Timothy, for there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. There are not many, many mediators. There are not many, many paths to God. There may be various paths to Jesus. Some people may come to Jesus through uh, friendship evangelism. Some may come through attending a Christian concert. Some may come through attending church or small group Bible study. I came to Christ through picking up a pamphlet off the ground and reading about uh, how Christ saved me. I lead people to Christ when I preach publicly outside. There's many ways to come to Jesus, but Jesus is the only way you can come to the Father and have eternal life, have your sins forgiven. Look at Acts 4.12. What did Peter and the apostles say? And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Again, quite exclusive, open to everyone. Everyone must come. But if you don't come to Jesus Christ, you're left on your own. On judgment day, I'll have an advocate. Jesus will stand there by my side and advocate for me. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he'll stand there and advocate for you. But if you don't have Christ, you will have no advocate. You'll be on the judgment day standing there all by yourself, lost, condemned. Your sin will still be with you, and you'll be banished. God will say, depart from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. How do you, now, now, here's our problem. In a culture that has no absolutes, in a culture that the only real absolute, excuse me, is the supremacy of my own thoughts and beliefs, where I can have my own personal religion, my own personal God, my own, I, I, where everyone does what's right in his own eyes, shall we say biblically, and we're called to lead people to Christ, to share the good news. And implicit in that is that if you don't believe it, you're wrong. As I say about John 3, 16, there's good news in there. If you believe in Jesus, you have eternal life. There's bad news. If you don't, you'll perish. Penn Penn Gillette was a, um, you know, Penn and Teller, the magic show, the magic show, they're on TV and they're in Las Vegas and so on, the very good magicians. Maybe if you don't know the Penn Gillette, the big one, the big guy with the ponytail, he's pretty vicious anti-Christian. He's an atheist, very proud atheist, very outspoken atheist. And and uh, he'd have a podcast. One podcast he shared a number of years ago talked about after a show, someone came up, a Christian came up and handed him a little Bible and asked him to read it. Now, what would you think would be his response to that? Well, most atheists, if you hand them a Bible, they're, they're you know, oh, I don't need that. And they 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 reject it and they mock it and they ridicule it. And they, they may ridicule you for even offering it. But Gillette had a uh, Penn Gillette had a whole different response. In his podcast, he said he was grateful to the person who did that. It showed, he, it showed that person cared about him. And then he asked a simple question. He said, what, or he made a sta- an observation with a question. He said, my, my concern is, or my thought is, if, a per- if you really believed, he said, you really believed, you're a Christian, you believe there's a hell and you believe I'm going to it, and you don't warn me about it and urge me to change what I believe, 
you must really hate me. And he said, I can't imagine more hatred than to think I'm going to hell and you don't care about it. And you don't try and stop me and you don't try and warn me. Well, what a good point. And interesting that we see that in the Bible all the time. But what an interesting thing for a unbeliever to say that. What does what does Paul tell Timothy? I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and by his and of Christ Jesus by his appearing, his kingdom. Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, one of the strongest commandments in Scripture, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. The time will come when people will no longer endure sound doctrine. But whenever their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. In other words, teachers who will tell them what they want to hear, who will tickle their ears. He said, but you endure hardship. Do the work of evangelists. Fulfill your ministry. And so this is my answer. This is my answer. Is it wrong to tell someone they're wrong? My answer is no. There are times, and we again, we want to figure out how to do it. And we don't want to be unnecessarily offensive. We want to be gracious. We must be firm. We must be clear. We don't want to be so gracious that people walk away misunderstanding. We don't want to be so diplomatic that people walk away thinking that we think we told them that they need to convert, they need to be saved, they're wrong, and they walk away thinking, he, thinks I'm, he, he said, I'm fine. Sometimes we, we don't want to tickle people's ears. We want to speak the truth. So I'll be speaking at Iowa State University this Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this next week, uh, and, and I'm getting back on campus some, so I do appreciate your prayers. And if you live in Ames or Des Moines or anywhere nearby, go ahead and come on out to the campus. Actually, I know people from Minnesota. Take a trip on back to your, if you're from Iowa State, take a trip down there one day. Make sure the weather's nice. We'll be out in front of uh, the Park Library on the, what's called the Hub. And uh, come on down and join us on campus for a day if you like. Father in heaven, how we praise you today for the truth that's found in Jesus Christ. We know we live in a day, Lord, where people think their truth is the only truth. They think their truth is right even if it's wrong. And, oh, Father, we ask you for boldness because it takes boldness and it takes wisdom and it takes courage and it takes discernment to know how to really challenge people, reprove, rebuke, and exhort them to come to Jesus Christ. Lord, to warn them, as Pendulette said, to have enough love to warn them of what is to come. I pray, Father, for this grace. I pray, Lord, we don't have it naturally, and it's such a strong cultural influence to just be quiet and let people do their thing. Lord, give us the forgive us for our passivity and give us the courage to stand up and speak truth, we pray. Take this day and use it for your glory. Lord, there's, I know on my plate there's so much to do today. I pray you'd fill each of us with your spirit, give us your strength, help us to accomplish your purposes for us this day, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, if you're in Christ, you've got the truth. You're walking in the truth. Not your truth, not my truth, but God's truth, the Word of God truth. And that's the one that matters. Everything else is building your house on sand. You build your house on the Word of God and the message of Jesus Christ and the confidence. That's building your house on the rock. 
and that's where we want to do. So that's why we're here every day. I hope you will join us every day. If you're new, a special welcome. I hope you come back regularly. We talk every day about the scripture, and we want to build it into our lives. We want to think right about the scripture. So join us day by day. Get in the Word of God with us. Pray with us. It'll change your life. I can guarantee that. To those of you who come here every day, I love you guys. God bless you. God fill you with strength, compassion, love, mercy, boldness, courage. We need all these things. God's building that into your life. Might he continue to do it? And as you as he does, might he fill you with the peace that passes all understanding. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye-bye.